In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with a host that was too busy binge-watching Umbrella Academy this week to write a joke for here. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? Yeah, I've heard nothing, but you have to watch Umbrella Academy, so I don't know if it's any good or not, but... It is very, very good. Um... The season two just got released, and uh, I should have watched season one uh, back when it first got released, and then I I didn't, and because I was waiting for my wife to be in a good position to to watch it, and yada yada yada, and then things happened, and I forgot about it. Um, but uh, so when season two came out recently, we're like, well, let's watch it, and we got through all of season one, and we're about halfway through season two now. Um, it's it's kind of a dark superhero story um and without getting too far off topic here if if you like superhero stories i mean it's kind of a dark taste take on x-men to be perfectly honest um so the the grand scheme of things on this is on the same day um back in i think it was 1989 is the um date that they gave in the show i can't remember to be perfectly honest it's late um but 43 uh women around the world suddenly gave birth to children and it's most spectacular because those 43 people did not start the day out pregnant um so 43 miraculous births and this rich guy uh with billionaire went around and tried to adopt as many of those miraculous birth kids as he could and he ended up adopting seven and they all turned out to have special powers sort of all turned out to have special powers most turned out to have special powers um and uh he raised them in his mansion and eventually debuted them as his crime fighting team the umbrella academy um like is a very much a play on the x-men sort of a thing right uh but it's yes. a dark play because he is not exactly a loving supportive professor x father figure um, what? He is a militant, careless, um, not not exactly. Uh, so wait, you're telling me that billionaire adopts a bunch of kids with superpowers? That can go wrong. Yeah, surprising, huh? Um, and so now you know most of the storyline then comes years later. They're all adults. Um, in fact, it takes place, and at the time it was current day 2019 sort of a thing. They're all adults, and they're all screwed up in their own way, and they come back together because he died suddenly. And what was that? I said, and talking monkey. Uh, yes, Chimp. there is a talking monkey. Chimp. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but so it kind of goes um, 
off the rails from there. And, you know, the, un, unlike the X-Men where they all have like these really clearly defined sort of, this is the person who has ice powers. He can make, this is the person with fire powers. This person's super ability is he's got a lot of blue fur and he's really smart. Um, they're, they're and strong and agile. And strong and agile. Yeah. But they're, um, their abilities uh, are a little bit more nebulous on some of them. Like, uh, one of them can control the flight of projectiles in the air. Um, so he uses knives a lot and throws them. One of them can kind of teleport around. Um, and one of them um, can uh, kind of do psychic suggestions to people, control them, but it's, it's verbal, so she has to tell them what to do. Anyways. Um, one of them can communicate with dead people, and I'm not exactly sure how that's uh, super helpful in fighting crime early on, but eventually his power uh, uh, grows a bit. Anyways, um, but but what's kind of really interesting with this uh, show is it turns out the comic book that it's based on is written by Gerard Way, lead singer of My Chemical Romance. It's almost fitting. Yeah, so... Um, and I wonder how much he had to do with the TV show because the TV show's got a phenomenal soundtrack to it. Uh, <laughs> it's smoking, not coronavirus. Sorry. It's um, it's it's not all My Chemical Romance songs, so that's a good thing because I do not think I would be quite as high on a show that was just all My Chemical Romance. Um, but it's actually got some really good songs well, cool really so that's why you're gonna have difficulty with your crimes yes so that's exactly why um difficulty that with and crimes the fact that, that, that wrestling is go ahead yeah <laughs> so uh before we get into our wrestling crimes i uh, always like to remind people that ron order wbu is part of the tatnus co podcast network so once you're done listening to this and, of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network and then come back here to listen to more. In fact, do that before you binge watch Umbrella Academy because oh, they're yeah. good shows. Faux show. Faux shizzle. Also, uh, worth pointing out, not joined by JLB tonight because he's going to go study. It's me. It's me. I'm in study. Still washing those hands, still socially distancing, still Canadian, so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, sorry about that. Oh, gee. Um, sorry. So, so anyways, sorry. we're going to go ahead and get in, and kind of like you were referencing, my crime, I'm just going to start off, I'm accusing the WWE main roster, um, main roster, I'm specifically saying that, with being largely forgettable right now meh yeah and i and i specifically use the term forgettable because like uh i i don't even remember really most of what happened on raw this week like yeah, it was it certainly isn't a, a stone cold beatdown. <laughs> like i i don't know i don't remember what happened it was six days ago and if someone put a gun to my head and said, "Remember what happened?" I'd be, I'd be like, "I don't know." Um, I, I'm assuming retribution showed up at one point, so um, that has to have happened because I don't know, it's retribution, whatever. Um, 
They probably did something more with Randy Orton, but I I don't know if I remember. He hit Ric Flair. I mean, so, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He hit Ric Flair in the balls, and then... um, Dust went flying everywhere. We aren't sure if it's talcum powder or not. I, I just have to say... Um, as as a man in his early 40s, um, I can tell you with some certainty that that low blow by Randy Orton to Ric Flair was a little higher than it probably should have been. Gravity effects, you get old. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally scrolling through the raw results, uh... And I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. I mean, I guess uh, they had the contract signing between Dominic and Seth Rollins. I guess I remember that. Um, and then Humberto Carrillo got beat up by uh, Rollins and Rollins. What I so I guess I don't remember that very much. And then um, oh, more on the uh, who poisoned um, what's his name? Uh, the Montez Ford. There we go. <sighs> My brain's fried. Um, who poisoned Montez Ford? And I don't. I don't even know if anything came out of that specifically. And then uh, Apollo Cruz versus Shelton Benjamin. What? Why I don't remember this match is is kind of my point. I mean, it, Apollo Cruz versus Shelton Benjamin should be a match I remember in my brain. Right? Should have been a phenomenal match. Should have been great. No, don't remember it. Right? Uh, oh, I I vaguely remember the ninjas show up at one point and <laughs> it's just it's really a very bad version of control v control c right now yeah. like, well or you know I, yeah, I do wish uh someone had thought about it and said hey if we're gonna have another uh group of people show up and and cause havoc maybe we shouldn't have them dress exactly the same as our comedy ninja characters <laughs> so here here's my my theory so do you remember the tell the movie multiplicity mm-hmm. it had uh oh, touched my pippy michael, michael keaton yeah yeah so Pizza. in, in that like they talk about when you make a copy of something it's not you lose when you make a copy of a copy when you make a copy of a copy you lose quite a bit of the original and and there's some there's an insensitive undertone to the copy of a copy but that's neither here nor there that's kind of what it seems like they're trying to do like they're trying to we're, we're gonna make this different but the same as it was in the past well it's not the same and it's not different and it's just stagnant um, so apparently I, 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 Liv Morgan uh, lost to Peyton Royce for some reason. I don't know. Then um, they had, oh yeah, oh yeah, the much, the much ballyhooed uh, Oscar versus Bailey match because if Oscar beats Bailey, she earns a sh- shot at Sasha Banks at SummerSlam, which then plays into the events of SmackDown, uh, which I have not had a chance to see yet because. Uh, we've talked before about how Fox isn't on my uh, sling package anymore, and um, it hasn't since aired on Fox Sports 1, but I've been too busy watching Umbrella Academy. So, But I do know that there was a surprise on SmackDown that plays into this. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk about that in a bit, but I, I kind of remember that match, but... Um, and then, oh yeah, they did more of the Raw Underground. So, got rid of the dancing girls. Uh, then, I don't know, 
Um, Shayna Baszler beat up some girls. Riddick Moss showed up for some reason. Um, you know, it's interesting because we had such a reasonably decent Raw the week before. And as I'm remembering this Raw, I'm looking at it going, okay. Um, I I do also have to point out something kind of funny I'm just noticing. Because I'm pulling up results uh, from basically a random uh, like Google search. Just, hey, what's this? Um, but it brought me to Bleacher Report. Um, and and uh, in in full honesty, I am 100% aware that uh, Bleacher Report is owned by uh, uh, Time Warner uh, and and everything. But I do think it's funny. Across the top of it, they've got a, a banner that gives you access to all of the stuff Bleacher Report covers. So there's NFL, and if you hover over that, it gives you access to all of the teams. And NBA, access to all the teams. College football, world football, MLB, NHL, college basketball, MMA, AEW, and then more. And under more, you can get to uh, boxing, tennis, golf, and WWE. Good for Bleacher Report. Yeah. I feel like is it just me or or is Dominic basically getting jumped into the WWE like for wrestling? I'm trying yeah. to make something out of this crime, but it's that's how legit this crime is that that it's really hard to make something out of main roster. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I don't know. So now we'll go to SmackDown. And I know you haven't had a chance to see SmackDown yet. Nope. Nope, I have not. And I haven't. But I read at least spoilers, so I'm going to spoil things for you. Because, um, so it starts off Retribution attacks again. Um, and apparently it started off with a bunch of people standing around talking about, oh, what if Retribution talk attacks? And like, well, we've got extra security and, and, uh, um, they're they're all kind of blaming someone that, and then Seamus shows up, and he says, "Oh, Seamus, shows up. Seamus shows up. Seamus shows up and says, nope, Retribution's not going to attack tonight because they're afraid of me.' Uh, and then, spoiler alert, Retribution shows up, and and they're not, they don't actually go after Seamus at all, but they just they're not afraid of Seamus apparently. Um, here's the event. There was a battle royal. Yep. Here's the event that I was going to talk about. The tri-branded battle royal to determine Bailey's SummerSlam appointment. So, uh, Asuka now has a match against Sasha Banks. Um, and the contestants for this, whoever wins this, goes against Bailey at SummerSlam. And so you had the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. You had Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox from NXT. And then you had Lacey Evans, Naomi. I'm going to throw in here, JLB would say, yeah, she deserves better. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> I digress. Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, Tamina, and the surprise entrance at the end, Asuka. And Asuka's the one who wins. So now Asuka at SummerSlam is going to have two matches i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb and and say i'm betting they turn it into a winner takes all triple threat match um and my reasoning behind that is that leads up 
no matter how it and it finishes, it leads up to and well uniting the titles. But I don't know if they're necessarily going to unite them. I think they'll have them still defend them separately. But it leads up to um, so if Oscar wins, then Bailey and Sasha can blame each other for losing the belts. If uh, Bailey wins, then Sasha can blame Bailey for taking my belt. If Sasha wins, then Bailey can blame Sasha for taking her belt. See what I mean? So in the end, no matter how it ends, it can further the eventual Sasha versus Bailey storyline. That's why I suspect that's the way it's going to go. And they're going to play it all off as, oh, but now they can double team Asuka, so it's going to be super easy for, for them. But there's that side effect. It's winner take all. Whoever wins gets both belts. Um, Mandy Rose challenges Sonya Deville to a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam, um, which I don't know, I guess makes sense. Uh, I mean, Sonya did just cut Mandy's hair, so I don't know, I guess. But do you really think there's a, a chance in hell that Mandy Rose is the one who gets her head shaved out of this? No. I don't either. Uh, Shorty G versus Sheamus. Uh, and it, I shouldn't be. Uh, I love Shorty G. Actually, I love Chad Gable. I, I like, like Sheamus. I like Sheamus. But um, Sheamus wins. Uh, I do like Braun with a shaved head, though. Yeah, Braun with a shaved head looks good. Um, I'm I'm 100% down with WWE moving away from uh, guy with partially shaved head and stringy long hair. Because uh, that was Seth Rollins, and that was uh, um, Baron Corbin for a long time, and it was—I mean, heck, it's—it's it's sort of Roman, you know. It was almost every one. I think I think Roman's got some pretty good body behind all the, beneath all the the um, oil yeah. in his hair. I guess I would say he wasn't—he wasn't one hundred percent in this, but they—they they went all in on that storyline for uh, not storyline that hairline for a long time, and so I'm fine, I'm fine with them moving away from it. And yeah, Braun actually looks pretty ba with the bald head, so yeah, that was a good look for him. You should definitely stick with that. Oh, the return of Lucha Botch Party. Bad. It's six o'clock. You know your botchers. Yeah, and then Braun Strowman attacks Alexa Bliss apparently, but. About the this only thing with Braun Strowman and his shaved head. If we talk about these storylines, this is not going to be the best show we ever did. <laughs> um, one thing I will say, um, Braun Strowman looks pretty B.A. with the shaved head, although uh, whoever backstage is in charge of the spray tan really should have paid a little bit more attention to the top of his dome because um, he's got a little bit of a tan line up there. So Because, you know, there was hair there before, folks. There was hair, but that's why you got spray tanners. Just a little. Anyways, that's oh, my point. Job. But that's my point. Just uh, the storylines on main roster, for the most part, are. <laughs> oh wait, what's going on? Okay. Oh, bronze head is shaped. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bronze head. Oh, he's attacking Alexa Bliss. I guess. Cool. Eat old bronze. Yeah. Uh. I. I, I you know the I. I understand the reason they didn't turn him heel before was because he was... They didn't want kayfabe to emulate real life. But their opportunity to turn Braun heel was right after he started talking smack on the people who were upset that they didn't have an income. That was their opportunity, and they missed it. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm sorry. I was reading something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think... 
I think they had they've had a dozen opportunities with Braun. Um, but frankly, this is just really weak. It's a Hollywood heel turn, and and it sucks. Like we gotta quit writing like it's Hollywood and write like it's pro wrestling, man. Like. I understand that sometimes everybody wants to be the rock and, and so you have to put them sit them down and be like you're not the stone cold you're not the rock be the first emma or be the first um oh what was her name that got injured from britain um page page yeah be the first page you know um that's not what they're doing and 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 unfortunately we we keep talking about this i'm actually going to do a an actual crime on this particular thing um I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think we've got guilty. It's it's just meh. Yeah. And the thing is, we're we're <sighs> one week as we're recording this right now. We're one week removed from SummerSlam. Yeah. And so is and and again, the week two weeks ago was a pretty decent week. It was really developmental, and it was like it was almost like they forgot. Oh, shoot, this isn't the go home show. Um. Throw a bunch of crap together. And so, I mean, I I anticipate a lot of stuff to happen this week and the go home week, but it just, this was a week that should have been building more stuff and it didn't make me more excited for SummerSlam in any way. Um, NXT at least had some stuff go on, although I I would 100% say that NXT was not the better show on Wednesday night this week. I would say NXT... I hate saying it because um, I really like Keith Lee, but I would say Keith Lee is is a weak point for NXT right now. Well, it's it's the tough thing when you put when when your whole uh, like persona of your brand is we're not the same as the main roster. We're not the big guys that the main roster has. That's not really the way they advertise it, but that's kind of their thing with with NXT. Um, and then you put this huge guy. Um, because Keith Lee is as this dominant, untouchable champion. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You you haven't built up any real contenders, uh, to go up against him. You know, with the exception of maybe Karrion Cross. Well, you haven't built him up enough yet to say he goes after the the yeah. big title. Uh, Damian Priest you built him, and but Damian Priest isn't ready soon. for him for a run there. Uh. Uh, Bronson Reed is a big guy, but not ready for a run there. Dominic Dijakovic is nowhere to be found, and rumor has it maybe main roster bound. So uh, I think big heel move, uh, Finn Balor is, is your shot here. I really do. But, but to um, really build a feud there, to build something, to to finally heal out Balor all the way, this is the time to do. Uh-huh. And I'm talking mm-hmm. after Jacob, obviously. So Unfortunately, anyway. we're instead putting Finn Balor against Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, please. I was fifteen-year-old on a pole match. Yeah, I, I was really hoping they'd keep Velveteen Dream off TV for a little bit longer, but that's why I said that. Which would make—I mean, it would make Balor a hero. Yeah, possibly. Have him do it. <laughs> Anyways, and so. All right. So my crime—it gets a little more specific. Um, cause I think we've, I think we've kind of beat to death the boredom of <laughs> crime. Yeah, if you were bored with us talking about the crime, imagine how bored we were watching it. We're not watching it in one of the instances. Maybe I should go back and watch SmackDown so I can. 
I don't know. I have a stronger argument there. I don't know. Anyway, um, my crime is is in news and rumors. There is a rumor going around that WWE would like the young. Um, I, I, is it Shonda Guerrero, Eddie's daughter? Shaw. Shaw. Shaw Guerrero to be more like her dad in the ring to basically be a photocopy of I lie I cheat I steal um, and she's resistant to it and it it follows the same suit because again we control C control V so much stuff not allowing the personalities to be the personalities Eddie's charisma was developed for years before they tried to make him into I like cheat and steal the win matches. Mm-hmm. For years. Well, and there there's a reason that Curtis Axel um, never could have tried to be Mr. Perfect 2.0, right? There is a reason that Randy Orton's whole persona is not a direct copy of Cowboy Bob Orton. Correct. Right? Um, very, very rarely, the only one that you can really say with any real honesty, second generation uh, wrestler that copied their father's gimmick is Charlotte Flair. Like, and maybe gender allows you, not gender Mahal, but gender G allows you to do that. But I, I just, ugh. the concept of, of number one, something so racially insensitive uh, and number two, um, just so, I don't know, like not who her personality is. And I'm not saying that Eddie was a thief or a cheat or anything like that, but he was able to develop that character again over years. So trying to make somebody into, into their parent, um, really the only thing Charlotte did was just be arrogant. Well, that's kind of what you want from some of your wrestlers <laughs> you know you want a good guy you want a bad guy you want a good guy he's not arrogant he's humble and polite and he's umberto Carrillo. and you want a bad guy he's rick flair <laughs> i mean that's that's the control v control c you can do generalizations but when you do the entire character it just doesn't work and that's that i think that's um i think you can do personality characteristics but not character you know well, I mean, it's the same thing with um, Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic. Dominic is, you know, when Dominic tried to hit, uh, I, I don't remember if it was Murphy or uh, Seth with the 619. Like, I get it. Your dad is Rey Mysterio. He does the 619. You should do the 619. I get it. But you're 19 feet tall and he's two foot four. Yeah. The whole, the whole reason the 619 works good for a character like Rey Mysterio is because it's a it's a move that takes size out of the equation. You're knocking a person down to a smaller level and then you're hitting them with this big move. Um, you don't see big men do the 619. You're never going to see Keith Lee do a 619. Um, or Roman Reigns do a 619. Wrestle your size and wrestle your own. I mean, to be perfectly honest, if they wanted me to be impressed with Dominic, it would be have him go out and wrestle a technical match and be like, I'm not my father, I'm not a Lucha Libra, you know, I'm not a luchador, I'm I'm a wrestler. Um, and yeah, he trained me, but I had to learn how to beat him, and you can't beat him by playing his game. Correct. So, but nope, they're just trying to turn Dominic into 
copy of uh, I'm surprised he doesn't come out with a mask on already. I feel like I, it's coming. I inherited this from my father. Did you have to say that with a really bad Latin did, accent? Did, did you also inherit the fake accent? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I shall go home in my chibi. Uh, good cultural appropriation for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's my point is like, I agree. You don't have to have the the offspring be a mimic of... Um, you don't have I to mean, have any character be a mimic of another well, character. That's... I mean, if, if Dwayne Johnson had come out and just do, done uh, his father, done Rocky Johnson part two. Rocky, my, yeah, Rocky Johnson, yes. Yep. Or if he'd come out and did Peter, Peter Maivia part two. You know what I mean? Either way, we wouldn't have The Rock. Um... And no. when he did do those two people, part two, we didn't get the best of it. And so it it goes it goes on like I really like Brian Pillman Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. exhibits all of the best things about his father without having to be a copycat of his father's gimmick. Like you don't see Brian Pillman going out there and pretending playing the loose cannon gimmick uh, from Brian Pillman's career. He's just, he's Brian Pillman Jr., a great wrestler who happens to be the son of Brian Pillman, right? Um, you didn't the see... The are a really good example of this. Mm-hmm. And they're not on a show that we cover. <laughs> nope. But they are a fantastic, fantastic pair. And they're nothing like their dad in any era that their dad was. But, so no, I agree with you. I, I think... Like, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Curtis Axel at least pay some more homage to the fact that his father was Mr. Perfect, but he was never going to be Mr. Perfect 2.0, right? Very few people could be Mr. Perfect, period. Um, there's there's a, a GIF I sent uh, to you guys at one point of uh, Jericho attempting a lion salt and and missing he didn't springboard enough so he wasn't rotating enough in the air he was about to land on his head but because his opponent was kurt henning mr perfect in the split second that jericho was almost upside down but obviously not going to be able to make the full rotation kurt henning was able to recognize that and put his knees up to redirect uh Chris Jericho's motion, potentially saving Jericho's life, at the very least saving him from major injury, right? Um, well, that's something... Even, even protecting a concussion, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's something that out of 200 or 300 wrestlers, I think you'd be lucky if one wrestler was good enough to do that. Smart enough to raise their knees just enough to push the head out. Mm-hmm. All he did was push yep. his head out. Yep. Stopped it from being horrible, right? And and that's the deal. I mean, Kurt Henning was truly very perfect. Um, and, you know, it's sad uh, in modern age, we don't get to see that as often. I think on one of these next um, classic pay-per-view reviews, we're going to have to try to make sure it includes something Mr. Henning related. Uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, because 
he he was a, a talent unlike any other and underappreciated, I think, in the ring. But he was phenomenal. And there's no way that Curtis Axel was going to be able to live up to that, at least not that early on in his career, right? No. Um, so, so it was probably for the best that they didn't have him do a Kurt Henning 2.0 sort of character. But I do wish they would have tried to play off his father at least a little bit more. Um, at the very least, allow him to use the last name Henning. Uh, uh-huh. One of the things you you had mentioned once upon a time was, gosh, I'd really love to see him be Mr. Imperfect. Yep. Um, and I think that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. Here's hoping Mr. we see some tape. <laughs> so anyway, no, I, I don't just, I mean, if you're going to do it, yeah, I, I I thought Sasha was the perfect move to, to photocopy Eddie being a gigantic Eddie fan. I thought it just made sense uh, once you wanted to do that. And nope, they didn't do it. They, they've they done a little bit of hinting of it's it recently. It. Yeah. Uh, with her her cheating to win versus Asuka. Um, but I really, I don't wish they'd go in a little bit more hardcore on that too. So, But no, I agree. I think the, the thing is, I don't think we need anyone in this to be a 2.0 of almost any wrestler from classic like you said be the first you um and i mean that's what the rock was the first rock uh mcfoley was the first mcfoley you know even triple h was the first triple h you know well and i this might be indicative of um of some of the things that we see even in Hollywood, we see a lot of uh, remakes and a lot of. Uh, are, are are we at an era in history when when it's already been done, or when we're just so completely incapable of thinking of anything that that isn't like something else that that we have to do sequels or remakes. And that includes in wrestling now. Mm-hmm. Are we at that era? Why does Becky Lynch have to be the next Stone Cold? Why can't she be the best Becky Lynch? Yeah. By the way, she is the best Becky Lynch. Well, and that's the deal. I mean, my wife and I have talked about this in regards to Hollywood, but uh, it plays into this. The The problem is Hollywood and, and wrestling always wants to remake the successful the good movies, the good characters, right? Um, and if anything, if you want to remake something, what you should be looking for is the things that had potential but failed, right? Ooh. Um, You're thinking like disaster artists. Yeah. Well, you, you take take the things that had potential, things that legitimately could have been a great movie or a great character, um, but did not work for one reason or another, and try to fix it and make them work. So instead of trying to make The Godfather Part Two again, you know, or uh, make Apocalypse Now again, what you do is you find those movies that 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 had a lot of potential but fell short. Um, either either were not um, successful, not marketed properly, um, or maybe not even made properly, like. 
you know, a, a, a modern example of maybe this would be uh, the Justice League versus the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, right? You, you know, you had a movie that failed to do what it was supposed to do, um, which would be successful in the movie theaters, right? Um, and so they're allowing him now to re-edit it and make it his vision, right? So you go back, it's the same thing with wrestling gimmicks, right? Don't try to make another Ultimate Warrior because Ultimate Warrior worked for its time and everything after that is going, you know, not work quite as well. But look back at the gimmicks that that had potential and then for whatever reason didn't didn't work. Make a good Eggman, i.e. Yeah. gobbledygooker. Yeah, man, good, good gobbledygooker. Or, um, or, or you take a character... I'm trying to think of a, a really good the Shockmaster. You do a good Shockmaster. <laughs> um, um, you, you don't bedazzle a Stormtrooper helmet, and you instead make something. But no, like a, a, an example of a character that gets derided nowadays because of how poorly it went off is the Kiss Demon. Well, first, separate it from Kiss and just make a demon character, right? Because the demon character could work. It was the kiss part that failed. That's been done. But... Well, yes and no. You've got Finn Balor the demon, but he's not really a demon. He's just Finn Balor in makeup. I got the fiend. You got the fiend, but he's not a demon. He is. No. And that's my point. You could do a demon character. But that's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's instead of trying to make the next Eddie Guerrero um, or say, hey, be like Eddie Guerrero, you say, hey, what what's a character that that could have gotten bigger and never did. Uh, Vampiro was a character that could have gotten bigger and never got Gangrel. Gangrel, right? So let's go back and let's try the vampire gimmick again. But let's figure out how we can do the vampire better this time. Duke um, the Dumpster Drozzy. Mm-hmm. Repo Man. Which I think actually could be a decent character now. But you don't do the mask. You don't do you don't do him like he's no. a thief. <laughs> Almost I got the IRS type of character. God, that'd be perfect if you really wanted to make it, make it, integrate it with a prior character. Somebody who took money, somebody who did things. Uh, Bo Dallas is still in wrestling and floundering. His dad was IRS. He went on to be the guy who goes and collects in some way, shape, or form. I uh, you could, I gotta be honest. I'm surprised that the the Repo Man community didn't uh absolutely destroy WWF for Repo Man. <laughs> Dude, we're not burglars. We don't steal. These are people who have not made payments on stuff. We're just taking it back. We've tried to collect from them. We've tried to get them back on their payments, and they don't do it. They don't pay for their stuff, so what happens? They get taken Instead, That's the way it works. He, he's a burglar. burglar. Nope, nope, he's a burglar. Right. <laughs> and, you know, they've tried a couple times and failed miserably with the man-child. Whether, whether it was Eugene, which was an, an insensitive man-child, or Bastion Booger, which is an outlandish man-child. They could do a man-child. There's plenty. I've met plenty of those, you know. Um, or things that are new and unique. The kid who just wants to sit down and play video games all the time. Yep. Twitch streamer. 30-year-old man, Twitch streamer. Ah, oh, I gotta go make money. Fine. You know, comes out for a match. Doesn't care whether he wins or loses because he's getting paid either way. I don't know. I just... Be different than you've been in the past while still being the same. I don't know. 
there, there's a way to do these things and to test some of these things in. I, I think a Bastion Booger type character might actually go over pretty well right now. Probably hey, I, not. I can hear our audience in the background right now. <laughs> Nasty boys. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> chirp. But yeah, that, no, I agree. Maybe not I, Maybe not yeah. Bastion Booger. Definitely not the Nasty Boys. Definitely not the Nasty Boys. No. Um, we also cannot have <laughs> we can not have Public Enemy version 2.0. How about ones that do work that they didn't give enough to? The best example I can think of is uh, he was with the he was he was uh, Mizdow, Damien Sandow. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, God, a perfect had, example. Four characters that were great and were working. Yep. And they just squashed them. That's that's really the ones that I'm kind of aiming at is is that character there the the impersonator character that's gold there and it worked for him uh, but didn't work to the level that they wanted it to so why not try it again with someone else right well and not just Mizdow you can also do the Damian Sandow which is the 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 intellectual. You know, um, he did it well. Uh, Chris, uh, oh, the Harvard grad. Um, you know who I'm talking about. No, you don't. Or you would say it and said it already. I'm blanking. There was a guy that was a Harvard grad <laughs> as a wrestler, and he was the intellectual. Um, you could do, you know, a, a, they had an actual lawyer wrestler that they didn't go with being the lawyer wrestler. <laughs> and you could do good lawyer or bad lawyer. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, heck. You know, you you. It's been a long time since we've had a blatantly patriotic character, right? Why not yeah. bring it back? You know, hacksaw Jim Duggan or whatever you want to do. Patriot you know, or Mister USA or even Hulk Hogan ish. Yeah, have someone come out in the red, white, and blue stars and stripes and, and go all Hogan. in on it. Yeah. <laughs> also happens to be a plumber because his name's Hank. Horace Hogan? Nope, that was already taken. Never mind. Just something different. Everybody wants to be something that's been there. Raven worked because Raven wasn't there. There was no Raven. Yeah. Ra- Raven wasn't the second Raven. Raven was the first Raven. Anyway. And you can do angsty without it having to be Raven in grunge. Oh, yeah. There's, there's plenty of angst in the world today that you can capitalize on. But instead, you make retribution a bunch of hood, hoodlums dogs who don't think that they who got a fair who, shake well and we don't even know if that's what the storyline is because as far as i've been able to come across in my research wwe still doesn't know who's in retribution and if you don't know who's in it you can't create a storyline for it um there was at least one female in it and that female uh, on, I think, SmackDown this week did uh, the moonwalk at one point, which leads a lot of people to think that Carmella was playing one of the Retribution. But that doesn't mean that she's in Retribution, because as far as the reports are coming out, they're basically just saying, hey, you don't have anything to do on this show. Here's a shirt and a mask. Go over there and pretend to be a hoodlum. That was probably her way of trying to guarantee she's part of a storyline that's going to get used. Yeah. Or guarantee that they take her out of it and never ask her to do it again. 
like, damn it, you're not supposed to know who's in Retribution, and then you go out there and freaking moonwalk? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Well, now we can't ever use you again because it's too obvious now. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Ah, that sucks. Ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, we did talk a little bit about... Uh, pay-per-views that we we wanted to do um i think we've i think we've beat boring horses to death tonight yes um so uh, i want to throw a pay-per-view option out for ones we need to vote on and that's the one where bret hart is the first man to ever kick out of the perfect plex okay it's an ic title match that's all i know hold on i'll look it up i'll even tell you what paper i'm looking it up i'm looking it up Bret Hart versus Kurt Henning. Was it a SummerSlam? Out of Perfect Plex. SummerSlam 1991. Nope. Nope. This is all time. Yep, SummerSlam 91. Yep. Ooh, but if you wanted a WCW one, Bret Hart versus uh, Chris Benoit did occur at WCW Mayhem 99. Yeah, I don't think anyone is going to put that era of WCW in the, um, hey, this is a great pay. Now, here's the deal. We know eventually we're going to have to do some shitty pay-per-views. It's going to happen. Um, Maybe sooner rather than later if SummerSlam goes the way I think it's going. But I'm Ching. Um, But... I, I kind of would like to get a couple uh, pay-per-views that we actually like under our belts first. I don't know. Maybe no. I'll get some. There's a lot of 91, 92s that are good that aren't the super era of wrestling. We could also do Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway. You know, you know our Canadian outlier is going to want Brett in the match. All the more reason I should just... Uh, purposefully try to choose ones that don't have any Canadians in them at all. <laughs> I don't... Uh, as much as fun as that sounds... Um, I gotta be honest, it's probably I harder than it sounds. it's gonna be easy to do. No, probably not, but it would be fun. But anyways, we will move on to some misdemeanors. And I only have one misdemeanor at the moment, although um, there's another one that I'm kind of debating on. Um, but the main misdemeanor is... Uh, I'm charging whichever air quotes NXT reject leaked this upcoming AEW Dynamite taping results. Um, and the reason I use air quotes on it is uh, some results leaked. We also previously, not too long ago, had a bunch of results leak, right? From tapings. Uh, on an interview, Chris Jericho on his, um, not interview, but his uh Stampede Saturday Night or whatever he calls his Saturday Night Radio or live stream that he does. Um, he specifically said that they know who's been leaking it and he's an NXT reject, um, which really uh, lowers the 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 threshold there of, of potential because we've seen uh, Tino Sabatelli um, show up in the crowd at AEW. We've seen uh, Cesar Benini show up in the crowd and maybe a couple others so um but they did say that he will not be invited back to aew that they know that it's him and he's not coming back so um and and the thing is we've talked about spoilers i'm not really like i'm not 100 against spoilers as long as they're marked as spoilers like just don't read them if you don't want to know sort of a thing 
but it's more from a standpoint of if you're a recently released NXT wrestler and another major promotion is going to give you a shot, why are you going to mess it up like that? Why are you going to risk it? That's dumb. That's D-U-M dumb. You are so dumb. Dumb. Um, that's my big thing there. It's just like, I don't care if it was Sabatelli or or uh, Cesar Benini or whatever. Um, just because, you know, you just burnt a bridge. And you burnt it for what? A little bit of internet fame? And I mean that a truly little bit. Like, because you did it anonymously, it's not like you gained a lot out of it anyways. Mate, did they pay you for it? Here's 500 bucks in your pocket. Tell us what happened. Woo, you got $500, I guess. Uh, but you just booked yourself out of ever having a match on AEW. So, um, And then the other misdemeanor worth at least talking about since I'm mentioning AEW. AEW joined a distinguished list this week. Distinguished being they are now... Uh, they have now joined WWE as the only wrestling companies um, that have cut wrestlers during the COVID-19 pandemic. They did They did not cut en masse like WWE did, um, but they have cut some people. Ring of Honor has not. New Japan has not. Impact has not. Uh, WWE and now AEW. Now, the, the reason I debated on even bringing it up is there is a least, at least a little better reasoning behind AEW. Um, and it's twofold. Number one, uh, unlike WWE that was just like, hey, we're trying to to cut money, air quotes, uh, so that we can do this. AEW didn't do it for, for financials, as far as I can tell. One of the people they cut was Jimmy Havoc, which we kind of knew was coming because he was one of the people that was spoken out against for... Yes. Of abusive relationship. So, so we, I understand cutting him. The other two are B Priestley and Sadie Gibbs, um, <clears throat> both of whom are stuck overseas. Um, now, they're not the only AEW wrestlers who can't make it to America for the tapings, but they were stuck overseas in a way that it, it was very unlikely for them to be able to make it over here anytime in the future, near future at least. Um, and B. Priestley also was implicated in a speaking out related story, um, not for any sort of uh, direct offense, but uh, B. Priestley and um, her boyfriend, um, Will Ospreay, fiance, I think, anyways, were implicated for uh, assisting in, in blacklisting a a wrestler who had accused another wrestler of something. I don't even know the exact, but that they chose to side with their friend and then called up a promoter and said, don't book this person because we don't like them or whatever. Getting that person blacklisted from bookings. Um, <clears throat> so that may have played into why B. Priestley was on this list. Uh, Sadie Gibbs, as far as I've heard, has not had any connection to anything on this um but reports have it that that's almost entirely travel related it also plays into sadie gibbs was kind of signed as a developmental talent she's still really um unpolished and i think they were hoping to to um have her wrestle a whole bunch and kind of build up and with her not being able to come to america to wrestle 
they probably just had to make a decision at some point. But I choose to talk about it, at least for this reason. Um, in, in full fairness, we gave WWE a ton of crap for their releases earlier. And it was worth, it was, it was needed because they released like 30 people, 30 wrestlers and 100 or 200 people from their, from their organization. Um, and so this is three people. There's, there's a big difference between 200 and three, right? But it's still, if we're going to give WWE crap for releasing people during, during the pandemic, we have to also bring up when AEW does it, so... That's my thought. Any misdemeanors from the DA? No, nothing off the top. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like we didn't have really any felonies actually today. I don't know that boring is a felony. I just think that it's you're boring. you're right. <laughs> well, boring's not really a fennel felony. It's not really a felony. Um, but it is a capital offense in my book, so. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Especially if, for wrestling fans. For wrestling. Well, and, and I mean, here's the deal is, especially when it comes to WWE, entertainment is in the name of your company. Uh, and so if you are not being entertaining, you are failing as a company. Yeah. Oh. So get the F out. Uh, yeah, seriously. Right yeah. <laughs> Go back to a federation. Yeah. I wonder if they change if they put the F in the middle. So instead of being WWF, they were WWFW, World Federation of Wrestlers. Would they still get sued? I don't understand how that made it so long before. Like it was like 15 years that they weren't. I I was reading about it. W. Yeah, I was reading about it. So they actually had a, a gentleman's agreement with the World Wildlife Fund. The World Wildlife Fund basically said, we will let you continue to use the WWF trademark in the United States as long as you don't try to expand into Europe, where we've got a larger foothold as the World Wildlife Fund. And uh, true to Vince McMahon's um, nature, where he makes an agreement with his father, and then once he uh, becomes full owner, immediately says F that arrangement and does whatever the hell he wants. That's what happened with this, is that Vince McMahon had made an arrangement with World Wildlife Fund to not use the WWF logo outside of the United States, and then decided to start using it outside of the United States. And that's when World Wildlife Fund said, whoa, 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 that's it. We're just going to have to take you to court. And they did. And they won. The end. I just find that astonishing that acronyms are suable. I don't think it's the acronym. I think it's more the logo. The logo? WWE started using a panda? No, but they started using WWE on their logo. If they'd have uh, marketed around the world as World Wrestling Federation without putting it as WWF on the logo, Uh, they might have gotten away with it. But because the World Wildlife Fund's logo is a WWF with a panda, their WWF logo. I I can't help it. My son and I went to Olive Garden, which is next to a Panda Express in my area. And uh, today I started saying, panda, 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 panda. It's something about the word panda. I don't know. Apologies. We're going to move on to commendations, and I have two Braun Strowman-related commendations. Um, so after giving WWF 
uh, all or WWE, I should say, all sorts of crap for being forgettable. My two commendations are Braun Strowman's barber for that shave, because that's a okay. big dome for him to shave. So he had to work a bit to get that exhausting. Right. Yeah, hours. Yeah, no. uh, shaved all and everything, but it looked good. It looked good. No, no nicks or cuts as far as I could see. Nice and shiny. So, yeah. commendations for Braun Strowman's barber and to Braun Strowman himself for that gorilla press throw of Alexa Bliss. Because reasons you mentioned earlier. Yes, but it's it's impressive because, like I say, Alexa Bliss, not a tiny, tiny person. She's small. Don't get me wrong, but she's still got to be upwards of 100 pounds, right? Oh, she's probably more like 130, 140. Yeah. Um, and uh, Braun Strowman picks her up into the gorilla press and holds her there as he walks around the ring for 30 seconds to a minute, uh, threatening to throw her over here, threatening to throw her over there, and then just casually throws her up in the air. She goes probably five feet up and then comes down. That's impressive, frankly. I mean, I know Braun Strowman was a strong man before he came to wrestling, and he is definitely built. He's definitely jacked. But that takes a lot. Like, uh, you know, uh, you try to hold just a 10-pound weight, arms outstretched, and after two, three minutes, it feels like 100 pounds. It feels like 1,000 pounds, you know? And he just carried Alexa Bliss around like she was nothing for a while there. So that was impressive. I had a commendation and then I forgot it. I guess. Oh, I do too. I remember what it is. Okay. Uh, Commendation to Mandy Rose for the, because I did watch the interview she did. That's the best promo she's ever cut in her life. Unfortunately, it has to be a hair for hair versus hair match. But yeah. And again, a really promo. A passionate Again, promo. No way in hell is Mandy Rose losing that hair versus right. hair. No, no way. I guarantee you. Uh, they're gonna. I come don't, now, I don't like hair versus hair matches. I just unless somebody, <laughs> unless it's like, oh, that person's gonna be bald and that's okay. Like, I think that would have been a good way to get Baron Corbin bald. Yeah, that's the deal. Is it, it is it is only a good way to get someone bald. Um, but in the end, have you ever seen a hair versus hair match? that didn't um didn't just look like a big clusterfuck afterwards when they're trying to actually shave the person's hair because they never they never can get the the clippers to work right are you are you envisioning the molly holly haircut right now i'm actually my head is thinking of uh jeff jarrett's haircut um oh yeah because he had that hair versus hair match and afterwards they couldn't get the trimmers to work at all on him so they ended up fussing around for a bit and then they got some scissors and they cut a little bit um but it wasn't a shaved head and then he comes out you know a night later with a really nice haircut yeah Um, not a shaved head you know not like molly's was no not like molly's um but in the end i mean it's like i kind of get what you're thinking because very rarely am i looking at a wrestler and saying you know what would make me feel really good as a payoff for this match if that guy ends up ball i would feel (laughs) really good if that guy ends up ball i i think it's something from the lucha environment because mask and hair both matter a lot more there than they do (laughs) i think it's I think it's twofold. I think, yeah, they have they have the mask versus hair or hair versus hair match in in Mexico, um, but I also think it's an American thing, where 
we don't have anything up here like a mask that we can put a match stipulation on. Uh, so hair's the closest thing. So we were like, well, we'll do hair. You could do a beard match. Beard versus beard. That actually might matter in today's environment. That might be... That could be a quality one. Uh, what would be really funny is if it was like a beard versus beard match where neither of them had beards and whoever lost had to grow a beard. So you didn't actually see the effects of it for like, you know, three weeks. <laughs> like, now you got to grow a beard. Ah, man. John Cena versus Braun Strowman in a beard versus no beard match. Braun shaves it or John Cena grows one. Ha ha, John, now you got to grow a beard. Ah, shucks. <laughs> See you in a couple months. Oh, by the way, my character has to have a beard for my next movie. Yeah. It's actually not a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just so happens. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think we've got oh, a little bit off the rails. I feel like that's going to come. I feel like that's going to happen in the future. Oh, geez, I hope not. <laughs> you could have done it with the uh, in Fast, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, or not Too Fast, Too Furious, but Fast 17 or whatever that The Rock was in with the beard. But I think who, who uh, was, someone on on an interview said, I can't remember who it was, said that uh, WWE hasn't had a superstar since John Cena. That's legit. And and it really hit home because like you are one hundred percent correct, right? And I think it plays into and and truth be told, I think Cena may have overcome them trying to reduce the idea of a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say right now the closest you have is Edge or Orton. Ugh. I mean, I think the Fiend has the potential if they didn't keep screwing him up. Uh, yeah, but other than that, you know, Becky, know. Becky got close, and then Becky Becky got close. But then, but unfortunately, one of the things that built Becky up also kind of slowed her down and destroyed her. And that's the busted nose. Like, that image of Becky standing at the top of the the (laughs) steps with blood streaming down her face, victorious after the invasion, that cemented Becky's character. But unfortunately, it also knocked her out of the match that would have propelled her into superstar correct and and so a double-edged sword there but but anyways i think we've had kind of a scattershot episode tonight but i think it shows when you have a week of of wrestling that's as bad as this one was and don't get me wrong like aew was actually pretty decent it wasn't wasn't as great as last week's aew but it was pretty decent i mean you had you know Kind of the thing with this one is you have the $7,000 obligation match where whoever won, if Orange Cassidy uh, won, he didn't have to pay for re- fixing Chris Jericho's orange-stained jacket. But the rest of it was all about tag team appreciation, so it was really tag-heavy. Uh, and in reality, it was probably too tag-heavy, if you ask me. Um it yeah. really could have could have used being a little bit less taggy. Um, they did have a big thing with uh, the um, Rock and Roll Express. No, yeah, Rock and Roll Express, and uh, and uh, Arn and Tully and FTR and the Young Bucks all standing out there talking about tag team, all that stuff, right? And then uh, uh, FTR eventually turned on the Jacksons and oh my goodness what's going on and so that was cool but other than that you know I was like meh 
it was a decent episode, but it wasn't as good as the week before, I don't think. So, but yeah, here's hoping this coming week has more eventful wrestling, and and our next episode won't be all talking about how boring wrestling was again, because boring wrestling is not not good. It's uh, just that. Yeah, it doesn't make for good podcasting. So, um, no, no, it does not. But, right, but, meow is not the best wrestling. It is not. But on that note. I suppose we will just start to close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Um, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever plat- platform you use. Sharing is, I've always said, the cheapest way to support us. Just letting other people know about our podcast so they can listen. Great way and absolutely free to support us, right? You can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. You can also head on over to patreon.com slash raw and order WBU to support us there and get access to some sweet perks, including being invited onto this show or the FBI show to, to talk about wrestling in person on that. Or if you just like some merchandise, you can head over to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. But on that note, we will close the book and thank you all for listening. We will see you soon with a visit from the FBI. 